You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney podcast on Rivals.com with your host, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell. They hate me. I hate them. I hate everybody. And National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney. I could definitely see a little disappointment in the Gorney household Saturday night. That's right. Welcome back to another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast here, a midweek edition. We're going to break down all the upcoming college football games and, and pick some upsets and some some uh, get Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney's thoughts on these games. So let's bring those guys in right now. Mike Farrell on the East Coast and Adam Gorney on the West Coast. Mike, first game we want to talk about is a big one, Tennessee and Alabama. Uh, of course, you know, the way things have been going, we expected an Alabama win here. You want to talk about what happens if Tennessee wins or, or even keeps it close? Is that a is that a good thing for Butch Jones or a bad thing for Tennessee fans? What do you think? It's a bad thing for Tennessee fans, but I don't think anybody's asking the question. Everybody expects Alabama to beat them by 40 or 50, <clears throat> and I expect that too, but what if? What if Tennessee wins? What do you do, Gorney? Uh, stop watching college football. <laughs> they're, they're not going to win the game. and, and no, they probably but what if they do? What if they do? I asked you a question. Well, I mean, you know, you know, you you obviously have to keep him uh, and see how it goes. Uh, you know, the 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 most interesting thing to me about Tennessee right now is that they can lose this game; they'll probably get blown out, or at least a comfortable win, kind of a thirty-eight-six kind of game. Uh, but they could win out after that. And if you're eight and four, then what do you do? Um, if they if they lose fifty-five nothing, sixty-two nothing, something like that, and they look terrible. Uh, you know, he, he could be gone this weekend. If they win the game, uh, he could still be gone. I don't think this gives him job security in that sense. And I think they'll, they'll at least let him coach out the rest of the season. Um, but there's a lot of people and I think Tennessee people too, want to see him get, get blown out. Just end it now, move on to somebody else. Yeah. I mean, if he wins out, it goes eight and four. And then they, I think the last couple of years, he's played a big 10 team in a bowl game, won that gone nine and four. Um, that's why they should have fired him after the South Carolina game. That's plain and simple because not that he's going to beat Alabama, but what if, you know, then he's got to, you know, play out the rest of the season because you certainly don't fire him after he beats Alabama or let's say they do a Texas A&M and they stay within, you know, one possession. Um, you know, what if they lose by eight points or seven points? Do you fire him? It's really become a, you know, a mismanaged mess. And they had their opportunity to fire him after South Carolina because that was a bad loss. Um, not that South Carolina is a bad team, but the team just looked horrible. So now you're giving him an opportunity to save his job by staying close to Alabama. What if Nick Saban wants Butch Jones around? (laughs) (laughs) You know, what if he calls off the dogs and, and, you know, his team wins by, you know, 10 points instead of 40 points? Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. And I think Saban wants to grind him into the ground and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's gonna see. It's gonna be interesting to see how Tennessee responds here. They if they go down to Tuscaloosa and lay down, then they're gonna they're gonna lose fifty two nothing. But their defense isn't horrible. Um, they can stay in the game, maybe keep it low scoring. I think Alabama will be able to run the ball on them uh, and win comfortably. But I don't. I'm not predicting a sixty two nothing blowout and Butch Jones is fired on the tarmac like Lane Kiffin was. I think this is gonna be kind of a you know, 34-6 kind of game. Alabama comfortably wins, but nothing that Tennessee fans can go, that's it, I'm completely done with him, and there's no hope left, if there are any of those fans even left. There are. There still are. 
I mean, I, I wrote in my column on Wednesday uh, that, that now's the time and it should have been after South Carolina. And there were people on there saying, you know, how rude, how rude of you to say that they should fire him. And I'm like, wow, you're crazy. And speaking of crazy, let's go to the Gruden rumors because that's crazy. And it's starting again. Every time there's a Tennessee opening, John Gruden's mentioned. Uh, I saw our friend at uh, Old Takes Exposed, freezing cold takes. Uh, they, they had tweets from dating back from 2010 linking – to 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 jobs um that's seven years ago that he was going to be the next coach of the eagles or that he was still interested in coaching at the nfl level or that he was going to go to tennessee um it's been at least seven eight years of rumors for john gruden so what do you think of the groomers as i call them well he was at the tennessee game last weekend right is that true i think i saw a picture of that and uh you know I don't think any coach that was seriously thinking about coaching Tennessee would be sitting in the stands watching Tennessee if that was a serious thing. So uh, they had secret meetings, though. Of course, <laughs> you know they had secret meetings. I mean, doesn't I think he lives in Nashville yeah. or something? I think he lives in but, Tampa. Well, that's he's got. That's right. He was in. I don't know. He was in Nashville for something. For the Tennessee then, Titans game, maybe or yeah. I, I, I don't know. That's true. He's on Monday Night Football, right? So yeah. I think he might have gone to the Tennessee game that weekend, and then all of a sudden people see Gruden, and they're like, he's the next balls coach. You know what would be fun? What would be fun is Lane Kiffin getting hired at Tennessee. Now, that would be fun. <laughs> he was tweeting about it. No, I don't think John Gruden's coming to Tennessee. If He's he's not going to be kissing butt for recruits and trying to rebuild a team and go to the college game and do – why would he waste his time doing that? He, if he's going to go anywhere, he'll go to the NFL. Uh, this is a guy who was 51% winner at Tampa Bay and a 59% winner in Oakland. So not, let's not act like it's Bill Parcells out there or Bill Walsh, the greatest coach of all time. So I don't know why these rumors continue to persist. I don't know if he's putting them out there just for fun. He seems like a guy that might want to mix it up like that. Um, but he'll be in the Monday night booth come next year, I think. I just want to see him hit quarterbacks with pool noodles over <laughs> and over again on video. And if that happens at Tennessee in practice, then let him go to Tennessee. So let's let's skip the Heisman thing for now. We'll get back, you know, that let's you know, because next up might as well stay on coaches and Mike Leach to Nebraska, which, you know, I I, I wrote about because someone asked me somebody asked me that question on Twitter for the Twitter Tuesday thing that I have to do, and I answered it. And then, of course, I went on the Nebraska board, and I just linked it. said, here's a question that was asked to me, and here's my answer. Oh, you idiot. You're so stupid. Of course he's not coming to Nebraska. Mike Leach isn't coming to Nebraska. You're a moron. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't say. I never said he was coming. But then I say he's not coming, and then I'm an idiot. So there's just no winning. Even if you wear your Cornhusker hat like that um, – picture yesterday which was awesome on twitter the corn they're still yeah they're still not gonna like you or anybody but this is the thing mike leach to nebraska would be the greatest thing on earth um it would be so exciting it would make the Polini days look very very boring um everybody denies they're going anywhere i don't think it's happening you know ad's don't bring coaches with them that doesn't happen too often but it sure is fun to talk about. I mean, if I'm a Nebraska fan, why wouldn't I want him there? They scored 14 against Ohio State, 17 against Wisconsin, 28 against Illinois, which might be the worst team in all of college football, the 27 against Rutgers, 
17 against Northern Illinois. I mean, why wouldn't you want an offensive guy there? A guy that would light up the Big Ten West, make it exciting, give you some hope. Um, you know, if Mike Riley with Pac-12 connections can recruit California, I'm sure uh, Mike Leach could do the same thing and get some skill players in the in the West. You know, I think you see what Jeff Brom has done at Purdue, and you know they're a three and three football team, but they're much better, much improved, a lot more fun to watch. Uh, you know, mix it up, go to Iowa, spread them out and see if you could win with speed and go to Wisconsin and try to do the same thing. I don't know why you wouldn't want him there. And I don't know why Leach wouldn't want to go there. Yeah. If he was offered the, the opportunity because he's, he's stuck at Washington state. He's not hireable. Uh, I heard a story and this is from a very, very good source about an interview that he had at a particular school before he was hired at Washington state and the level of inappropriateness that Mike Leach showed on that interview. This is a program that wanted to hire him. They had many connections to him and he was just so bad. That's, I think the problem with Nebraska too. They want uh, very even keeled, not really outwardly opinionated. That, that was Bo (laughs) Pelini's problem. I mean, he won at Nebraska, but then he told everyone to F off. So well, uh, that, he was a jerk. Yeah, he was a complete jerk and a terrible person like, on the side. I mean, Mike Leach, is, Mike Leach isn't a complete jerk. He's just a little bit of a lunatic, <laughs> you know, a little crazy. Um, Bo Pelini, I mean, is just obtuse. Yeah. That would be a good word for it. But, but yeah, I, like I said, I just don't see anybody else hiring Leach. And maybe, you know, he'll stay at Washington State maybe and be fine there. And nobody really, you know, will pay much attention to that corner of the world after they lose a game every year but he should want to go there yeah and they should want him there but i don't think it would happen simply because of what you said that that, i mean they have no idea what to be getting into with with him they'd be getting an offensive genius and they'd be getting a whole lot of other stuff yeah i mean did you hear his his rant on the playoff it was awesome yeah yeah and and at pac-12 media days he talked about for at least five minutes about why he didn't like hot dogs um, but but he's baited into those things sometimes too, and it's it's kind of annoying sometimes that you know he just goes off on tangents about everything. But in terms of of him and his career, Washington isn't going anywhere, so he's the best, second best uh, team in his own state. There's you know ten guys in the state that he can recruit. He's got to go into Southern California, which is you know three and a half hour plane ride away for kids. It's tough to get to Pullman. It's hard to recruit there, and Nebraska kind. Of, is in a similar situation in in some ways geographically, but from a you know a tradition and history thing, they he can recruit there and he can recruit really well there. I think um, I, if I was him, and of course he said he's not going anywhere and he's not interested, and that's what coaches say. If if the new AD comes to him and says, "Hey, Mike, you want to take this job? Things aren't working out with Mike Riley," I would jump on that chance in a heartbeat. Yeah, and he's proven he can win without four stars as well. I mean, Texas Tech isn't a place you draw a lot of highly ranked recruits. Uh, Washington State, certainly not a place either. You know, his quarterback, who just threw five picks but has been very good, was a two-star kid that couldn't even cut it at Oaks Christian and was going to Harvard. I mean, the guy can get the most out of out of, out of of nothing. But he does have a, you know, sort of a checkered past a bit, and I don't think Nebraska wants that, especially when they have a guy who's willing to play scout team quarterback (laughs) for his program when preparing for Navy in the amazing Scott Frost. Now, I say, you know, is he nuts? He's not getting hit. 
You know, I mean, it's it's not like they're going to go out there and tackle the coach. But, I mean, it just kind of shows it's a cool thing. Um, he's a great athlete. He was a great football player. And he's the type that gets down, gets down and dirty, you know, with the players. And I think Nebraska is targeting him or at least keeping their eye on him. Problem is, they're going to have some competition because he's done an amazing job at UCF. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tennessee will target him and Arkansas will target him and maybe Texas A&M and maybe Florida. He doesn't even have to leave the state possibly. So I love Scott Frost. I mean, he wears a camouflage hat on the sidelines of games and looks cool doing it. Uh, He's just a a cool coach. He's going to be able to recruit anywhere he goes. He obviously has a great system. I mean, you know, I've watched some UCF games this year because I don't really have a life on Saturdays or really any other day. And, uh, you know, Mackenzie Milton isn't exactly Baker Mayfield out there, and he's charging up and down the field, and the defense is playing lights out, and he's just got a really good thing going there, and uh, he's going to end up somewhere, and he's going to do some pretty good things, whether that's at Nebraska or an SEC school. I, I would think those are pretty much the options right now. I know Dave Barry's a big Scott Frost guy. Too. I love Scott Frost. He's more of a David Frost <laughs> fan. I don't even know who David Frost is. Frost Nixon? Come on, watch a movie. Oh, my God. Politics? <laughs> Are you talking about politics? Don't, don't get me started on that. So, it's Frost Nixon, whatever. That sounds boring. <laughs> is there any Transformers in that? Or Mike anything? is more like Mike Frosted is... Flakes. <laughs> I like Frosted Flakes. Those are very good. Flutie Flakes as well. So... So, so on Thursday, I'm coming out with my mid-season awards, which everybody's excited about, of course. Uh, and then on Friday, I'm coming out with my first and second team All-American. And I can't wait to read guys, that, Mike. I know. Well, you're going to be all over it. I know you're, you're <laughs> going to be all over it. But some of the guys that I, I've been looking at, you know, obviously we know about Baker Mayfield, Bryce Love, and Saquon Barkley. But James Washington, I think he has like 50 yards – He's 50 yards off the national lead, but has 25 catches less than the dude ahead of him. Yeah, I think he's aver- averaging like 26 yards a catch or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. He is a freak that really a lot of people don't pay attention to. I mean, they know about him, but I don't think they know how good he is. Josie Jewell is another guy who's a freak, uh, but Iowa doesn't get the same mainstream attention. Bradley Chubb at NC State. Some of these guys deserve to be up there with the Mayfield love Barclays of the world. And people need to start paying attention to these football players. Yeah. James Washington, 26 yards a catch. Uh, that's just crazy. And, and the thing that's even, even crazier about it is that everyone knows he's going deep and they just can't stop him. Uh, and, and, and honestly, you know, Oklahoma state's receiving core is fantastic. They have five or six guys that are legit, you know, threats all over the field. And Mason Rudolph, Talk about a guy who's not getting the respect he deserves, Mason Rudolph. Um, but, yeah, James Washington's great. Josie Joel, I really watched him closely when Penn State took care of Iowa a few weeks ago. Uh, took care of. <laughs> it, was, it was a real domination. Yeah. Uh, and he looked, uh, honestly, like like an old-school Penn State linebacker, like a Paul Puzlesny type, uh, just all over the field, uh, making plays everywhere. Bradley Chubb. Uh, I don't know if you agree with this comparison, but he's like Derek Barnett last year at Tennessee, a guy that just gets off the edge whenever he wants to, in the backfield, all over the field, blocking things, causing havoc everywhere. And and Minka Fitzpatrick has been great at uh, at Alabama for years. 
Um, I, I didn't know if he was going to be a corner or safety coming out of high school, but he's proven me right and uh, will be a top five pick. Yeah, we um, we moved him to safety at the end uh, at his last evaluation and in, in being a corner. And uh, then he went out and started, I believe, at the corner for the best team in the country. <laughs> yeah. and then, um, then now we're also questioning whether he could be a corner at the NFL level. I put him under safety for our NFL uh, watch thing, and, and you know he'll probably prove us wrong there as well. It's, it's like Jalen Ramsey. I mean, it's he's just he's not the same level of athleticism as Jalen Ramsey, but he's that guy that could play slot. He can cover over the slot. He can cover outside. He can play deep safety. He can play strong safety. He can blitz. He could do everything you want him to do. Yeah. And I think he'll be coveted in that way. Just he won't test like Ramsey. Um, Roquan Smith's another one that I I wanted to point out because he's probably the best quick twitch guy I think in the country when it comes to a linebacker when it. When you're talking about a guy who explodes to the football, changes direction um, all over the field, not the tallest guy or the longest guy in the world at linebacker, but watching him is just fun. And I know he, he gets to run free and do a lot of things, kind of like Devin Bush does at, at Michigan because of that great front that they have. Um, but, man, Roquan Smith is awesome. So some of these guys, you know, you look at some of the some of the lists out there of, of – I think the biggest surprise, you know, James Washington didn't surprise us, but David Sills, yeah, you know, uh, I think he's a first-team All-American in a couple places. Uh, he won't be on mine, but um, he's, he's turned into one of the top, I'd say, 50 players in college football. Yeah, would you be shocked and, if, a, if a New England Patriots took him and made him Chris Hogan or, or something even better? You know... I don't know. The Patriots do such a great job with those those little catch and run guys, and he's not a catch and run guy. No, he's he he is more of like a a Hogan, but it's not like Hogan's turned into a star. Right. And of course, a plug for former Penn State lacrosse player, <laughs> which doesn't even count. You know, Penn State fans are, you know, bragging on Hogan like he's one of theirs. He played lacrosse. Right. That's not football. But regardless, I I see him more as a fit into a, a different offense than, than what the Patriots run. You know, everybody always says, you know, oh, yeah, the, the Ryan Switzer would be a great Patriot or Braxton Berrios would be a great Patriot, those t- those type of guys. Um, I don't know about Sills. I don't know if he'll be a great NFL player. I know well, scouting him for a billion years, you know, because he was a seventh grader with an offer, I never saw a shred of athleticism out of him. Hmm. I, I, he, he rarely ran. They had a system at his high school where they threw the ball around a lot. Seven on seven, he was magnificent, like just won every seven on seven title ever. Uh, the only thing I saw out of him was that he could catch the ball uh, behind his back when they threw it back to him. And I'm like, wow, those are good ball skills. But if you told me today that David Sills, the kid who got offered as a seventh grader, would be a first team All-American midseason for West Virginia as a wide receiver, I'd be like... You're absolutely nuts. Yeah, and I don't know how it played out, but you got to credit Holgerson for giving him a shot or putting him out there or testing him or saying, I don't know if Sills went to him or he went to Sills and how it all kind of played out. But, uh, you know, that's like a star in the making there. Well, then he went to Juco because he wanted a quarterback. quarterback, And then he went back to West Virginia as a wide receiver. I mean, 
I don't know. Whatever. You can't write them like that. Those stories are just nutty. But but this is a, a message to high school quarterbacks books. out there that think they're quarterbacks, but they could play another position. Terrell Pryor, Jordan Reed. I mean, there's so many up and down the line of guys. Go play where your coach wants you to play because you could be a star somewhere else. Yeah. Well, I think you have no choice if you do end up not being a very good quarterback. They're going to put you at a different position. Those guys are just rare, freaky athletes. Yeah. You know, Sills is in the Big 12. I mean, he runs an eight-yard slant, and he's wide open, and nobody yeah. can tackle him. So it's a little different. But, but again, it's just such a surprise to see his name on there. I, I think out of all the guys that I've, that I've you know, sort of considered for the, the – the Feral 50 is coming out next week too, Gorney. So you're going to be doing a whole lot of computers. Hold on. I got to tell my wife. I'm not going to be available. Yeah. I'll be reading all week. Yeah, let her know. Let her know. But <laughs> for the guys that I was considering for that and going back and looking through all that stuff, that was kind of the name that stuck out to me. So, all right. So here's a, here's the Heisman thing. Let's talk about JT Barrett. I put him fourth on my Heisman list uh, today that came out that I do every week um, just for fun. He was my preseason Heisman pick. His stats are ridiculous ridiculous if you didn't know he played oklahoma and looked like garbage against them he would be i, I would say leading the heisman voting right now there's the stats are better than mayfield yeah um but mayfield went up there and, and whooped them so yep that's going to be that's going to be a factor and i think the other thing that has helped him is uh you know maryland didn't even bring a defense for that game they went to Rutgers and put 56 unlv hardly showed up so there has been some help, you know, Nebraska last week was, you know, Nebraska is not really slouches, so that was that was an impressive performance. Um, but if he continues to do this against Penn State, I think Penn State's going to have problems against Ohio State. If he does against Iowa, if he does against Michigan State, and obviously against Michigan, he's going to be right back in the discussion because if Ohio State beats Barkley and Penn State, they're, you know, that's probably he's out. And he's not putting up insane, insane numbers, even though he looks awesome on the field. Um, but that Mayfield thing is still going to stick with him. But right now, JT Barrett's getting a free trip to New York for the Heisman, and we couldn't have said that a couple weeks ago. No, and he could win it, and Ohio State could win the national championship, and I could look like a genius after I gave up on them after the Oklahoma game because I was so disgusted by the performance overall. But Oklahoma could lose another game. That would probably eliminate Mayfield. and Not eliminate him, but it would knock him down a bit. Um, you know, you've got Mason Rudolph in there as well if they run the table. Uh, like you said, Barkley. If they run the table, he's the guy. But uh, don't forget, Bryce don't Love, forget Bryce Love. He is. He, no, no, he's he's gonna rush for what eight thousand. Yeah, yards he could rush for more than McCaffrey. Yeah, and he still won't win. Yeah, it just won't. I mean, and they could win the Pac-12. Yeah, and and, and he won't win. Yeah, I, I just and because of McCaffrey, I think. There's no way they're going to say, well, yeah, McCaffrey broke Barry Sanders' records. We did give it to him, but we'll give it to Bryce. I just don't think they're going to allow that to happen. And I also, I, I don't know. I also think it's, uh, you know, Larry Scott, the Pac-12 commissioner, always says that the late games, the late starts don't matter because the viewership is still high. But look at the viewership of people in the Southeast watching those games. Nobody, nobody on the East Coast is watching a game that starts at 10:30, 10:45 Saturday night. They're either in bed or honestly at the bar and they're not uh they're not watching that game closely so christian mccaffrey literally set the record for most yards ever in a college football season and he didn't win it so i don't think bryce love has much of a chance right now 
Right, but he'll be he'll be in New York at least. Uh, he'll rush for twenty three hundred yards or so, yeah. and uh, he'll he'll end up there. But you know, Barrett's back in it, and I'm back on the Barrett bandwagon. I'm back on the Ohio State bandwagon. Um, now, can you do a, a can you do a revision of your Final Four again, or, or are you still? Working I'm on gonna it? do. I could do it every week. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do every week until we get to the playoffs. Until you get and it then right. I'll name yeah. Well, and once we determine the four playoff teams, then I'll name those as my four best. <laughs> That's how it works. So, but here's a big question for you. Yes. I thought of this the other day. Could could we have three Power Five conferences be shut out of the playoff? If if Georgia runs the table, Alabama runs the table, Alabama beats Georgia in a close game. Maybe you have two from the SEC. Let's say Notre Dame runs the table, and they're in. Uh, running the table would include would include a victory over NC State, uh, who let's say they knock off Clemson. See the, all the thinking that I do. Um, and then the Pac-12 and, and the Big 12, it, it, TCU. Let's say they run the table, and then the Big 12 championship game, which everybody fought for, they end up losing to Oklahoma or Oklahoma yeah, State. Yeah, right, or right. And then they drop they drop from that that fourth playoff spot down to like you know ten or whatever. Could could three power five conferences be shut out? Yes. I, I don't. I'm not figuring your math here because you would need a fourth team, and that fourth team would have to come from one of those. Yeah, but he's power saying Notre Dame right? gets in. Yeah, Notre Dame. Oh, so so okay. So the so the so Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, and then pick your poison. See, I don't think so because here's why: they're going to put Clemson in if they win. And they're going to, and they'll put Notre Dame in, and I hope Notre Dame gets in because they might be one of the top four teams in the country. I mean, they're one point away, and their loss is to maybe the second or third best team in the country. So they have the best resume right now in terms of that stuff. Uh, the Pac-12, I don't think deserves a team. I've watched all of their teams, and none of them compare. Uh, the Big 12 will be interesting. The, if TCU runs the table and goes undefeated, they're in. If they lose in the in the Big 12 championship game. They don't get anybody. So, yeah, it can happen, uh, and I hope it does because Alabama and Georgia both deserve to be in that game. They're, they're two of the top four teams in the country. And if Georgia loses in the SEC championship game, I don't think it should affect them. And here's what will happen. Because, um, I say, you know, if NC State beats Clemson but loses to Notre Dame, Notre Dame wins out, NC State wins the ACC, but they don't get in yeah. because two SEC teams get in, Notre Dame gets in, um, you know, so maybe you don't have an ACC team, so then maybe you get a Big 12 team and no Pac-12. And and, and we're talking, you know, Big Ten's going to get somebody in. So, I mean, it, it just – it's one of those weird things. If two teams from the SEC get in, then the playoff will be expanded within two, three years. <laughs> it's interesting. Guaranteed. Notre Dame, I'm telling you, this is a team that, that usually – gets too much respect in my opinion and this year is not getting enough respect i think they have something like 28 rushing touchdowns to giving up one uh it's going to be interesting to see this weekend at usc i think notre dame can win that game possibly by double digits um i I just think notre dame's a team that for some reason no one's really taking seriously or talking a lot about yet but uh but they're a pretty good football team well, and they're in a playoff because they lost to Georgia, so they're in a playoff game this weekend. Yeah. Uh, because if they lose, they're out, and if USC loses, they're out. Yeah. So it's a winner-take-all type of situation. Winner moves on. So I guess there is more than a four-team playoff if we look at it that way, but that's an elimination game. Um, 
and we got a few of those coming up, but that'll be the big one this weekend. I, I don't know who's going to win that game. I mean, I would, I would lean towards Notre Dame just because USC has been so up and down and it's at Notre Dame. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me either way, you know, to see uh, USC beat Notre Dame wouldn't surprise me at all. I think, you know, the schedule for Notre Dame coming up is not easy. Um, so running the table is very, very difficult. Uh, and it starts this weekend. So, but again, I think it would be very interesting if anybody who wants, anybody who wants the playoffs to be expanded should root for Notre Dame and root for Georgia and Alabama. Cause then if you get two SEC teams in there, the playoff will be expanded because the rest of the power five conferences will just absolutely lose their mind. Um, Notre Dame's not in the power five conference. So the whining and complaining will be unprecedented <laughs> and, then we'll finally get eight teams instead of four. And I say finally, it's only been, what, this Third, fourth, fourth year, year, but yeah. still. Yeah, but still, it, it would be kind of cool. All right, so let's pick our upset. Um, we got to pick a team that is ranked, that's going to lose outright, not cover the spread, but lose outright. Um, I've got LSU uh, losing old Miss. I think Ed Orgeron popped off. He talked about dreaming of playing for LSU. Are coaching LSU the whole time he's at Ole yeah. Miss. I don't. I don't think the players care that much. Uh, I don't think the coaches care that much. But I think Old Ed has a way of putting his foot in his mouth. And uh, going in there to Oxford and losing to Ole Miss would probably be a very Ed Orgeron thing to do after providing locker room fodder. Coaches don't provide locker room fodder for opposing teams except for. Except for Ed Orgeron, and I'm sure the people in Oxford are happy that he isn't coaching their team, even with the mess of a coaching situation they have right now. I mean, he was so bad as the coach there, and him coming out and saying that he was thinking about being at LSU the entire time that he was at Ole Miss just showed just how bad he was. I think, and this is going to sound crazy, and it's probably not going to happen, if I have to pick another one, I think Syracuse could go down to Miami and beat them. They're hot. I don't think they're full of themselves after beating Clemson. Uh, and Miami is a team that's kind of been winning games by the skin of their teeth this season. They should have lost last weekend to Georgia Tech. For them to be 17-point favorites there, that's surprising to me. Uh, you know, Syracuse can spread them out. We've seen how fast they can go. They've faced a big front already, and, and Miami's front is also very good, but nowhere near as good as Clemson's, I don't think. Uh, that could be another surprising game for Syracuse down there. All right, what do you got, Dave Barry? It's Tennessee over Alabama, isn't it? <laughs> you thought I was crazy last week. I took Texas uh, over Oklahoma, Didn't and they almost pulled it off. They, it was it was closer than everybody thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, so I'm going to stick with stick with Texas grenades. again. What's that? It's not hand grenades, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick with with Texas again at home uh, over Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's been putting up a lot of points on people, but. Uh, I'm going with Texas. That Texas defense is good. Um, they certainly didn't look it in the first game against Maryland, but that's a that's a good defense. There's some playmakers. That that uh, front seven's good. They blitz their linebackers a lot. The secondary has improved quite a bit. Uh, that's going to be a very interesting game. Either either Oklahoma State's probably going to beat them by 40, or it's going to be a nail biter. You know, like. I don't see yeah. I don't see like a twenty one point and coast all the way type of thing. I see either a blowout or I see you know Texas giving them a lot of trouble. So um, you know it was good to see Texas compete. Uh, you know I said it was a moral victory for them. 
because if they got blown up by Oklahoma, that would have hurt recruiting quite a bit. Um, but I think they're going to be three and four. I don't see them beating Oklahoma State. For no, you, so. it's only it's only a seven point spread, which is interesting to me. I I would have thought it would be a little bit more. Well, Gorney was surprised at the Louisville, um, Florida State spread, but Louisville's defense yeah. is absolute garbage. Yeah, not garbage. Uh, yeah, I, I I mean if the, if if Boston College can score forty five on that. Uh, and A.J. Dillon, you know, the greatest running back in the ACC, can go off like he did. Cam Akers is licking his chops. But that, but it won't happen, yeah. though, because their offensive line stinks. Yeah. Their offensive line is horrible. Yeah. And and the tempo of play on offense, because of that horrible offensive line, because they're in so many down-and-distance situations, the tempo, I believe I, I read someplace, they are second to last in the country in offensive tempo. When it comes to seconds between plays, yeah, they are running the second slowest offense in all of college football because the offensive line stinks. So, as good as Cam Akers is, um, you know, as bad as the Louisville defense is, it'll be very interesting. I don't think he can do what AJ Dillon did because BC actually blocks up front, at least for run the running game. They yeah, do. yeah, that that is an interesting line. I mean, uh, there's a there's a payback factor from last year and. But but you know what what interests me is that Louisville, they obviously can't stop anybody. But you know they still have Lamar Jackson against James Blackman, and I think they're going to be able to score some points there. They're one and six against the spread uh, this year. Just an interesting note there. Who's that? Louisville. Louisville, yeah. Wow. I mean that defense is so bad. It's just so bad. And and really the offense doesn't have much to offer either. They got Lamar Jackson. You know, but um, but Florida State's been bad too, and I don't know why we're talking about this game. It's just <laughs> two teams that are bad. Let's talk back to the top twenty-five. I mean, obviously we we don't really care about Memphis and Houston. Nobody cares. Let's about talk Memphis Penn State, State Michigan, the game of the night. Memphis. Well, I get, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, Wisconsin should roll over Maryland. Uh, we already talked Oklahoma State, Texas. We talked Tennessee, Alabama. We talked Syracuse, Miami. Virginia Tech should destroy North Carolina. North Carolina's horrible. Michigan State and Indiana, that could be a tight one. Um, Michigan State doesn't blow anybody out. Uh, they're a well-coached football team, but Indiana could give them a little trouble. UCF Navy will be interesting. We'll see if the fighting Scott Frost blow them out. I think they cover against the spread every time, and and they're laying seven and a half. Uh, we're getting to your little game there, Gorney. Hold on. Uh, Oklahoma and Kansas State. Oklahoma should roll. Kansas State's not good. Yeah, I don't buy Kansas South Florida State. Tulane. Nobody cares about South Florida and Tulane. LSU will miss where to talk about. All right. Well, Michigan, listen, if Penn State can't beat Michigan at home in, in 107,000, is it, is it a whiteout? I think it's yes, a whiteout. Yes, it is right? a whiteout. If they can't beat Michigan, that, that dreadfully awful offense with that putridly average offensive line in that horrible, horrible quarterback situation, then Penn State should have no business being number two. They have no business being in the playoff. I think nine and a half, you know, should be higher than that. I mean, Michigan can't score. That's so how 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 is Penn State going to lose that's this? That's the thing. Michigan can't score. It's gonna be interesting to see how Michigan attacks Penn State. Are they gonna are they gonna Stop Barkley, or are they going to try to stop McSorley? I, I think they're going to try, probably force McSorley to throw the ball and hope 
that their defense can play like Iowa played, where they get in his face a little bit, keep him in the pocket, uh, don't let him run around, because if he does, that's where he's most dangerous. Um, but but Michigan can't score. So Penn State's defense, and they haven't played exactly the greatest offenses in the world, but uh, they're only giving up nine points a game. Um, there is some argument that Penn State's defense is one of the best in the country, uh, even though we talk about Michigan all the time. But I watched that. I watched Michigan closely against Indiana for various reasons. I've watched Michigan numerous times this season, and they just can't move the ball. So there's going to be a lot of fans. It's a night game. I think they're in trouble. Nine and a half. That line tells me that Vegas is begging you to take Penn State. So it could be like a 27-17 kind of game, a 24-14 kind of game. Uh, but for some, something tells me Michigan's going to keep it close and low scoring because they're not going to try to get in a shootout with Penn State because Penn State will blow them off the field. I don't think Michigan can get in a shootout with anybody. I, they can't move the ball. So yeah, and Don Brown's used to this type of game too because at BC their offense was just putrid. Um, their offense hasn't been very good since he's been at, at Michigan. You know, last season the offense wasn't great. It was better than this, but it wasn't great. He has a way of keeping the team in games. He's like, he's like, um, it's like Gus Malzahn to Gene Chizik. <laughs> You know, like th- that's how it's been this season. Jim Harbaugh should give Don Brown a raise. And the only reason they're winning football games is because of the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, you know, he deserves all the credit. So if it is a close game or if they pull the upset, I, I honestly think it'll be a Don Brown. Yeah, upset, yeah. I, I think they're going to try, you know, fullback runs up the middle. They're going to test Penn State's manhood at the line of scrimmage and see what happens. But they're not going to be able to throw the ball down the field. John O'Corn can't hit receivers, and and they rarely throw the ball anyway. So uh, I, I'm pre- I'm thinking a low-scoring game. Michigan tries to win it in the fourth quarter. Uh, we'll see if they're they're able to stop Penn State's offense. And then we got USC Notre Dame. We don't know who's going to win that. I, I I would say I think Notre Dame is my guess there. I like Notre um, Dame. I mean USC struggled with Utah. Utah has no quarterback situation to speak of. Utah had a two-point conversion at the end of the game to win it. Texas took them to two overtimes. It's not like USC's been, you know, killing it this season. So I like Notre Dame. I think they're one of the best teams in the country. Former Adam Gorney four-star Troy Williams. He was a great player, lost the starting job, had to come back in. He's lost his confidence. Oh, so he was okay when you scouted him. He had everything together mentally then and – and he's lost it all ever since you uh, stopped ranking him, right? <laughs> that's my excuse with quarterbacks, yeah, too. Yeah. So. It's not me. It's Auburn, not me. It's him. Uh, yeah, Auburn will roll over Arkansas, I think, because Arkansas is just garbage. Kansas shouldn't even be playing football. They shouldn't even be playing football. They they got to stop playing football. Can I, can I say that is more? Is 39 points too much, though? No. <laughs> Kansas, Kansas can lose badly to anybody. Yeah. I mean, who they beat? Southeast Missouri State or something? So, some directional Missouri school is the only team they beat, and I think they beat them by, what, 10 points maybe? Something like that. They're awful. Awful, awful, horrible, horrible football. Um, West Virginia and Baylor. Baylor's bad. Baylor would destroy Kansas. I mean, they haven't played yet. but That's a catchy line, too. Gonna... Nine and a half. What? Yeah, that's really, really, really. Well, low. I think I think a lot of people kind of see Baylor in a night game. They gave Oklahoma a lot of trouble at home, and 
West Virginia is coming off a comeback victory, probably feeling good about themselves. That's a yeah. that's a tricky line right there. Well, that's a line where you you bet your house on Baylor. <laughs> you bet it all on Baylor, because that line is so off that somebody knows something about yeah. something. Somebody broke up with their girlfriend this week, or somebody's girlfriend uh, slept with another guy on the team. Here's why. Something's going on that we eighty six percent of the bets are on West Virginia right now, and the line is falling. So definitely, that's a Baylor bet. If yeah, if bet you all bet Baylor. Baylor, if you bet football, no, you, well, you got to you got to you got to bet on yeah. Baylor. You got to if you if you ever want to retire, Gorney, because you're gonna be working until you're dead. <laughs> uh, you bet Baylor. That's what you do, Dave Barry. You can do. I get a loan? You bet Baylor. Uh, <laughs> so. And then uh, Colorado, Washington State. Washington State will rebound and beat Colorado, and that's all your intrigue there. I, I don't think there's anything else really overly intriguing on the schedule. We've talked about some some really bad games, but I don't think there's anything in the SEC that I care about. I mean, Kentucky, Mississippi State, should I care about that? Yeah, it that? could be an interesting game. I think it's going to be high scoring. I don't know if I you care about it. I mean, I think – I think Kentucky. How about this them. line, Mike? Fourteen and a half. Idaho at Missouri. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, the potatoes. That's weird. I mean, the Vandals, the Idaho Vandals. Uh, well, Missouri defense. I'm trying to think. Who's the worst defense in the country? Uh, UTEP. Well, no, real teams. Oh. Power Five football. Oh, I don't teams. even know. No, I'm not saying statistically. I'm just saying from what you've seen. It could yeah, be Missouri. Yeah, Missouri's definitely up there. That's for sure. I mean, they are just horrendous. And you got to understand that we're talking about, we're including teams like Kansas and Rutgers, and you know these are Power Five football programs. Missouri's defense is so bad that I don't know if Idaho beat them, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I, I just can't see an so. SEC team and that was in the SEC championship for two years in a row just. Two or three years ago, falling that that low, that Idaho is only a two touchdown underdog going in there. Different, different coach, different circumstances. Yeah, I know. Different. That was late. That was a hundred. Mike, years I think ago. Saturday I mean, you should head well. up to Amherst and see the zero and five Georgia Southern face the zero and six UMass game. That 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 will be a thriller. The fighting Mark Wibbles. <laughs> it's on Elevate TV. Yeah, whatever absolutely. that means. There'll be like 10 people at that game. I could. I mean, there's a lot of really, really good football up here in New England to watch. I mean, Central Connecticut State University, uh, my alma mater. I don't know who they play, but, man, I mean, they got to be playing somebody. They beat Penn, so that's pretty good. But ACC I'm looking at, and there's nothing really overly intriguing either. You know, we talked about Louisville, Florida State. I don't see anything else I care about. Pitt and Duke, Barf. BC, Virginia, Barf. I mean, Virginia won. won. Good for Bronco, man. That's why BYU is horrible. Virginia's good. Wasn't, wasn't that my, te- uh, wasn't that my that team in the out. ACC and you laughed it off a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Probably, because, you know, I didn't think they were going to absolutely, you know, do anything. But Bronco is a great coach. Mike, That's all there is to it. And I like saying Noon Bronco. Saturday. Central Connecticut State hosts Bryant, a New England clash for the ages. It's right up the road. I'm probably the most famous Central Connecticut State University <laughs> graduate in in the history of the school. So I should probably go up there and they can, you know, sort of 
do some sort of halftime ceremony for me uh, against Bryant. Bryant's not even FCS, are they? I don't know. I don't even Central know. Connecticut State? No. I mean, well, yeah, they're FCS. They're not Division Two. If you want to make fun of them, that's fine. <laughs> All right, and then the last thing before we go, how many yards does uh, Khalil Tate rush for against Cal? Ooh, interesting. Okay, let's over or under 200. Um, I'm, take, I'm yeah. taking the under. It'll be interesting to see. Justin Wilcox is a defensive coach. I don't know what Jim Mora was thinking last week out there. Obviously, not much because Arizona had two guys rush for over 150 yards. Khalil Tate just did whatever he wanted to do all night long instead of making him throw. So I think Wilcox will stuff the box, put eight, eight in there, make him throw the ball, and we'll see what happens. Berkeley's a tough place to play at night, so uh, I wouldn't count out the Golden Bears there. I'm joking about that being a tough place to play. Oh, and I I realize where I'm going to be at noon on Saturday. I'm going to be watching the Tulsa-UConn <laughs> game at UConn. Tulsa's a six-point Going down to the, the rent? Road. Yeah, it's right. It's it's not even on campus. It's at the rent in East Hartford, and I'll watch the Fighting Randy Edsel's lose. Although they won last week, so they're 2-4. and four. So that was nice. All right, we have officially bored the hell out of everybody with these crap predictions. So let's let's move on. I thought it was good podcast, and really until the last five, six, yeah, seven the last minutes. five minutes really went downhill. <laughs> it turned to crap. It really did. I mean, groomers. I use groomers <laughs> for Gruden. That's witty. Do we have a That's drop good for stuff. that? So let's end this. Let's end this garbage, yeah. and then. Move on, and we'll try to do better. Well, listen, we have a new review on iTunes. We got to thank our guy JYT34, guy or gal. He's they say uh, good college football analysis that doesn't include any fluff. So don't listen to the last five minutes of our podcast because <laughs> we that paid was for all that fluff. one. I think. <laughs> yeah, whose relative is that? Do you JYT have a relative? Is, is in my house right now, <laughs> <laughs> hanging out. I can't believe we got a review, and we're up to like what nineteen yeah, we're likes doing great. or something. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, whatever. This is this is garbage, but we'll do it In again. Our own right? podcast on hot garbage. <laughs> Ooh, that's some hot we garbage. Name <laughs> we should rename it hot garbage instead of Godfather Gorn. All right, let's get out of here. Let's, let's watch. All right, we'll football. see everybody next week. Everybody have a good weekend. <laughs>